Hello and welcome to Kickout 299. My name is Rachel, your local All Japan newbie who doesn't know anything really at all. However, never fear because I am here with my co-founder, my co-pilot, and today my co-host, Alicia, and she knows a lot more about All Japan. However, we also have a very special guest to talk with us about All Japan as well. Alicia, could you go ahead and introduce her? We are excited to bring you an interview with Jessie, who covers All Japan at her account at Royal Road 72 on Twitter, and you can find her show reviews by going to at Pearlgate on Twitter as well. We spoke to her in early December before the conclusion of All Japan's Real World Tag League, so you'll certainly hear us talking a little bit about wrestling that hadn't yet come to pass. Since we started envisioning Kickout, we knew we wanted to interview people from the Parasu community who are creating inclusive spaces for other fans to learn and engage in, and we wanted to spotlight their incredible projects. Jessie was probably the first person that came to mind for the important work she does covering All Japan for an English-speaking audience and her passion for the promotion. We hope you enjoy listening to her talk about all things All Japan and modern Parasu with us. <laughs> All right, so Jesse, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Okay, um, well, my name is Jessica, but I don't care if you call me Jess, Jesse, or Jessica. That's all fine. Um, I am Australian, and what I do, I run the Twitter account Royal Road 72, which is all about All Japan. I write reviews for All Japan, and I just recently started writing articles for All Japan. All right, so you're all All Japan. <laughs> Zen <Yes>. Zen Nihon. <laughs> I'm trying to branch out more, but I always find myself going back to old Japan. Yeah, no, that's awesome. We love that. And I know Alicia's really big into all Japan as well. I'm dipping my toe in. Uh, what got you into pro wrestling or uh, specifically Puroresu? But we want to hear your origin story. Well, I got into pro wrestling at a very young age. I was about maybe eight, nine around that I had to sneak downstairs with my brother on the weekends to watch wrestling because my parents absolutely hated it (laughs) it was the attitude era so I can definitely understand why they didn't want two little kids watching wrestling oh my gosh yes and from there I started um it was very much on and off wrestling for me until about 2016 when it stuck And then about 2018, I got into uh, Japanese wrestling. And from there, I've I've loved it ever since. That's excellent. I have a very similar origin story, Jesse. So I really feel you about having to sneak around and watch (laughs) Attitude Era wrestling. That's great. Um, And then specifically going back to All Japan, what is it about All Japan that what made that your promotion that you just wanted to watch? 
Uh, to be honest, it was probably Kento. He's the one who got me into it. I'm like, this guy's called the Ace, but he's not flashy. You know, his movesets very much suplexes, knees, you know. But, yeah, just getting into Kento and then getting more into the characters and then finding out, okay, they're not going to have this epic long 40-minute matches like, you know, New Japan does. It, you know, it's just so much more fun. You and Alicia really are just like clones right now because it was also Kento for you, right, Alicia? It was Kento for me um, for very, very similar reasons, actually. He was just um, an ace like I had never really seen before. It's some of these sort of classic moves that really spoke to me and it, it pulled me right into the promotion years ago when I was getting into um, Japanese pro wrestling. But you eventually, uh, not you, you're still stuck on uh, Kento, but Jesse uh, has been sort of branched out and found other favorite wrestlers, haven't you? Oh, definitely, yeah. Kento's still up there, but um, yeah, my favorite right now is Yuma, who's Kento's partner. So yeah, he's, he's taken over from Kento. Do you feel like I've seen a lot of rumors on and off of him uh, taking over next stream and ousting Kento? How do you do you bite into that or no? I honestly don't know. You don't like, know? He's already portrayed Kento once. Like, is he really going to do it again? Right now, they seem okay. I mean, Yuma's getting more into the show writing, like Kento is, you know, playing up to the crowd. They seem to be getting along better than they ever did right now. Okay. Yeah, That's the relationship awesome. actually seems more solid than ever. So a betrayal would almost seem a little bit left field based on what I'm seeing in the real world tag league. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. That's right. The real world tag league's going on. That's exciting. The block's just wrapped up from where we're at. Although I think you're playing catch up, Alicia. Yeah, I've got like four shows left, so definitely not nearly as caught up as our All Japan expert, Jesse, but getting there. And uh, speaking of your expert status, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if you'd ever call yourself the expert, but uh, no way. you do. <laughs> hey, that's, that's good. That's good. Everybody needs a place to learn, and you've provided that really with at Royal Road 72 on Twitter, um, where you just cover all Japan. You really provide a really good resource for English speaking fans. What made you want to cover that? What sort of gave you that in that unofficial capacity to want to reach out to an English speaking fan base? Well, when I started watching all Japan, there was nothing like that. Like, All Japan didn't have their English account. There wasn't really as many people watching back then as there is now. So I had to learn this, like, all by myself. Like, of course, there was people here and there. But basically, the majority, all the wrestlers, all the tools, you know, history of the company, I had to learn that all by myself. So if I can help other people get into All Japan and make it as easy as possible for them to learn everything, you know, that's what I wanted to do. That's incredible, That's awesome. Jesse. That's awesome. <laughs> and that being said, I mean, this you're kind of the sole person doing this for All Japan and you're learning and you're doing this work by yourself. Um, what do you find most rewarding and most challenging about this sort of work? Uh, most rewarding about this job, I feel like is actually helping people. Like I do get some messages saying, 
thank you for this. You know, this is a huge help. There's not that much stuff out there about All Japan. So what you're doing is actually very helpful for the new fans. It is sometimes hard or challenging because I am by myself. I'm doing it by myself. I don't have other people to help me. So if there's a lot of information all at once, sometimes I get, you know, flustered a bit, but it's okay in the end. Yeah, all the information that comes at you all at once, it can be overwhelming. So how do you decide how you curate that content? What goes on Royal Road? What goes into your reviews with ProResuGate? What goes into your specialized articles, like the Jake Lee article you just wrote on 60 Minute Draw? How do you sort of juggle it all? What uh, makes you say, yes, this needs to go on the Twitter? For Twitter, I basically do what is the most important bits, especially with matches or upcoming matches. Make sure, like, that's what everybody knows before, like, other smaller stuff, like, you know, birthdays or debuts and stuff. Just as long as I have the main info about what's coming up, I'm happy. With my reviews, I try to do it, like, as fun as possible. I don't want to be too serious because wrestling at times can be very serious. So I do try to have fun with it. You know, I do describe what's going on in the matches, but, you know, if something, you know, silly happened in the match, I'll make sure to mention that, you know, and just have fun with it. For the Jake Lee article, I just wanted to write about his whole career because I don't think many people know the backstory about him. And when it comes to the Triple Crown, people think of Kento or Suama. They don't think of Jake Lee, who's Triple Crown champion right now. So I just wanted to make his story known to everybody out there. And we're going to talk about Jake Lee in a couple of minutes extensively because his road to the Triple Crown is fascinating. Um, but I did want to ask you, because All Japan has an English language Twitter account, and I really wanted to know um, what you think about their outreach to their international audience so far. Like, what are they what are they doing well? Like, What can be improved? Um, just your general thoughts and feelings on that. I do love that All Japan has an English language Twitter account. It's very good, and it's a step in the right direction that they desperately needed, but they need to engage with the fans more. There's nothing on their account right now of them engaging. Like if you look at the Noah Twitter account that just um, created well, like a month ago or something. It was a couple months ago. Yeah. A couple months ago. Like their engagement is 100%. Like even if it's just like, hey, drop us a flag or what country you're watching from. At least they're getting that engagement. You know, more fans are engaged with them. They reply to fans in the comment. Oh, yeah. And very very uh involved it's really good to see and you'd like to see that out of you think the ajpw english twitter yeah definitely and the only other thing i can say is like their official twitter the japanese one is full of information there's new stuff going up every day like if they can translate some of their stuff for their page like some videos have no subtitles i have to rely on the twitter translation which you know is you know, 50% at times. It's not the greatest. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes I have to wait a couple of days to get, like, the information, like, okay, yes, this is correct. Like, the thing that's happening now is Jake Lee is having a hardcore match with uh, Kobayashi and Drew Parker from BJW. Uh, The English account didn't have that. Only the Japanese account had that. And, like, I wasn't sure, like, is this actually happening? So for my... Royal Road account I have to say it seems like this is happening this could be happening like I don't know 100% and that's frustrating for me 
Oh, definitely. You definitely need hard information if you're running an information account. And uh, the fact that the English Twitter it doesn't have that, the official English Twitter, no less, is a bit of an oversight, uh, especially since, you know, their champion is doing a hardcore match. That's, I didn't know that either, actually. And that's really huge. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, we'll definitely sort of get into that for sure. But um, yeah, so if anybody attached to the English language Twitter account is listening, we say more information and more memes and more engagement. (laughs) Always more memes. And Jesse, what are some of your personal goals for Royal Road 72? Do you have any plans for your own expansion? And um, can you walk us through that if you're able to? So my goals are just to continue what I've been doing, keep giving fans the information that they need, in the know what's happening with all japan i was thinking about creating a discord but i am one person i don't know if i'm going to be able to do that by myself but also a blog's been on my mind for a while now just a month maybe like a monthly wrap-up of things that are happening in all japan but as i said you know it's just me right now so i'm not sure if i have the time for that that's really awesome we definitely look forward to seeing you uh do any of these things and obviously we will be supporting them um, that's really, I like the idea of having that monthly wrap-up blog. So we'll definitely keep an eye out for uh, your All Japan news source, no matter how you decide to pursue it and keep uh, keep Royal Road alive. Absolutely. Thank you. So speaking about Royal Road, and the Royal Road generally, All Japan has such distinct eras. Um, we talk a lot about King's Road, and then there's that middle and 2000s sort of era, and then the modern era. So what advice would you have for newer All Japan fans looking to get into the promotion um, for you? Where is a good place to start? So it's best to start right now. Tag League is just wrapping up. We have the finals in a couple of days. You know, in, the, in December, we only have a couple of shows. So it's best in the downtime to go back to matches you've missed or matches you've heard about. Watch it, especially Champions Night 1 and Champions Night 2. They were the biggest shows of uh, 2021. And then in January, the New Year's Wars Tour start. On day one, we have the World uh, Tag Team Champions being defended. So Runaway Suplex will defend against We Don't Know Yet, the winner of Tag League. And on day two, we have a Triple Crown match. Jake Lee will defend. And once again, We Don't Know Who He's Defending Against. So it's basically like a soft restart in January. We've got two big uh, championship matches and yeah, best place starts now. Awesome. And that will all just be on uh, AJPW.TV? Yes. All right. And that's 900, 900 yen a month? Yes, it's 900 yen a month. All shows are live and video on demand shows are uploaded the next day. So very quickly. The next day. Yeah, that is really quickly. That's a really good turnaround. I'm impressed, actually. It's so cool to see how far they've come from a few years ago, um, where the way that I got all Japan shows is waiting for Real Hero to upload them to um, his drive. So it's just incredible that all Japan has a streaming service that you can pay for. And these shows are available almost immediately all the time. It's still incredible to me. Yeah, it's really great. Like, Anytime, anywhere, you can watch it. Yeah, I love that. So I think so, now we're going to talk about the man of the moment. We're going to talk about Jake Lee, who is the current Triple Crown champion. 
Um, again, Jesse has recently written an article about his career, which is fantastic. You can read that at 60 minute draw. Um, his road to the title, for those of you who have been following, um, you'll know that it's been difficult to say the least. So Jesse, um, walk us through a little bit about Jake Lee's journey and what makes this reign right now so historic. So Jake Lee's really had a hard time in his career. Nothing really came easy to him. He quit after only 10 matches. He went to MMA and nothing really came out of there. So he came back to old Japan. He formed Next Dream with Kento. They were a successful tag team. They didn't capture any gold, but they did have a lot of tag team championship matches. But his single career, on the other hand, wasn't as great. He was eliminated in the first round of the Royal Road Tournament. He only got one win in Champion Carnival, you know, and it just wasn't his time right now. Meanwhile, Kento was pretty was pretty successful, though, right? Oh yeah, Kento is Kento. He's the ace. He had. <laughs> Triple Crown Championship, not at this time, but, you know, he's had it before. He's basically had everything that Jake Lee wanted. So Jake Lee was sort of drifting down. He was sort of uh, his sidekick, you would say. Oh, definitely, yes. Okay. So then what uh, What happens then? So Nomori joined Next Dream. He and Jake became a tag team. They won uh, the tag team belts. But unfortunately for him, he Jake Lee suffered an ACL injury during the match. Oof. They had to vacate the belts, and then he was on the shelf for a while. And would you say, Jesse, that during that time period that Jake really hadn't even come into sort of the fan favorite status that he's enjoying now? Yeah, definitely. I think it's hard to become a fan favorite, especially when you're with Kento. He's always going to overshadow you. The fans are going to love him more. They're going to you know, cheer for him louder. So for Jake, it wasn't easy at all. Actually a little heartbreaking, I feel for him. Yeah, but he he got to that status though, right? Things uh, started to shift around, change around. Yeah, definitely. When Jake came back from the injury, he formed sweepers with Nomura, Koji Iwamoto joined. Uh, They were okay. Jake became more of a fan favorite then. Fans started to appreciate him more. He was away from Kento so he could be his own man now. He did form a tag team with Koji. They did win the All-Asia Tag Team Belts twice during this reign and his next faction, which was Jin. So Sweepers broke up in 2019. They weren't together long. They were drifting apart. So Koji, Jake, and Nomura, they formed Jin. They added uh, Yoshida from 2AW and Fuminori Abe. And Jin is was really, really popular, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, there were, you know five young guys who were like have they even reached the height of their career yet you know they had so much to give so much potential but unfortunately Nomura suffered an injury in February 2020 we haven't heard from him we don't know what's happening we don't know when he's ever going to come back and the uh, pandemic happened and we all know everything got shut down then so it's just sort of one bad situation after another it's just jake just keeps getting thrown them yeah he's had a really hard time you gotta feel sorry for him absolutely some of my defining i think memories of this pandemic are watching jake lee sort of come into his crown so to speak in front of you know essentially empty arenas um and the look on his face when he won champion carnival which to me is not necessarily one of someone who's really excited about their victory 
there's a little bit of sadness in there to me and it just seems like he's sort of a victim of just very unfortunate circumstances one after another unfortunately leading into him finally becoming triple crown champion it really makes him compelling though in a lot of ways how after all this just one thing after another after another he still has things he needs to achieve in order to I guess self-actualize it really even though and I'm sure we'll get into that in just a second he's uh, effectively very evil very naughty right now Um, he's still very compelling and you still want to root for him which probably puts him at that fan favorite status that we're at right now Jesse, do you actually yeah. want to um, sort of walk us through what happened with uh, the start of Total Eclipse? Yeah, make what made him like that. So this year in February, Jake betrayed his longtime friend Koji. He took Ashina's old faction, which was on Font Terribles. They became Total Eclipse. And this was, you know, anything unlike we've seen from Jake before. Koji was his longtime friend. They were tag team partners. They were tag team champions. You know, the crowd couldn't only clap, but they made noise. They made audible noise. I know I did at home when I was watching it. I didn't expect that to happen at all. Yeah, Alicia messaged me. I had not been watching All Japan yet, but Alicia came into my inbox and asked, like, do you have space for me to rant about All Japan? <laughs> she was just so <laughs> overwrought by it. And uh, quite frankly, it's what got me interested in, uh, I got a sub, I think, a month later. So that uh it worked it definitely worked so very very shocking turn of events there yeah definitely like i don't think anyone expected that and then he turned total eclipse was born but we still had to wait a bit until we saw total eclipse because that was the end of the february tour so we had to wait for march tour to start so you know fans were like on the edge of their seat like okay what's shake going to be like now has he changed completely has he changed a little you know what's different about him what's new about him it was exciting to see like and heartbreaking at the same time but it was very exciting so the first match we got to see total eclipse as a team was a 5v5 elimination match and this was the new jake you know he was dressed in all black he was much slower to come out his entrance he was much slower in the ring picking his spots more he proved he would do anything to win even eliminating his tag team partner, uh, Koji Doi, if that meant eliminating Suwama as well. Oh, wow. So a uh, very dark sort of uh, every man for himself, you would say, or? I don't think it was every man for himself. I would just say he'd do anything to get to the top. Like this was his chance now. Okay. Much more see. cunning, calculated Jake Lee than we've seen previously, I think. Okay. Very good. Keep in mind, I'm a total newbie, so you'll just have to explain everything to me. I eat it up. I love it. (laughs) I feed off of the drama. So Champion Carnival was coming up next. That is a heavyweight round-robin tournament. The winner will receive a triple crown championship shot. And honestly, everyone thought Jake was going to win. Of course, there were people thinking Kento would win, Sawama. Zeus is always there as a dark horse, but this was Jake's time. Like, he was 99% sure winning unless something happened in the match, you know, in his match, like an injury or anything, but this was definitely his time. So he did end up winning champion carnival, but unfortunately for him, it was in an empty Corican hall. The only people there was a few scattered all Japan wrestlers in the stands. 
There was no cheering. There was no streamers. There was nothing, no fanfare. It was him in the ring. He looked tired. He looked exhausted. He looked sad, you know. He was still determined in his post-match promo in the ring, but he just, yeah, yeah, he couldn't be as excited. Yeah, this is what I mentioned before. It's like one of those defining moments of pandemic wrestling in Japan for me is Jake Lee standing in an empty arena. He finally gets to the top, this massive achievement in his career. It's a defining moment. And he looks, he does look defeated in the middle of the ring. And it's really so telling to me. And so just after everything he had been through, it just feels like one more blow for him. It just is one of the most striking moments of pandemic wrestling for me is, is what he had to go through to stand there. It's, it's really just has, it's sort of seared into my brain. Yeah, you got to feel bad for him. This was definitely his moment, you know. This was when he took a step out of Kento's shadow. He defeated him. This was when he was going to get Triple Crown Championship for the first time. This was his closest moment to the belt. And, you know, there was no one there to celebrate with him. Breaking really is. And things... Uh... It doesn't really end there. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't even the biggest blow to his uh, Triple Crown road. Oh? So say so so champions night where he was supposed to face Suwama for the belt got pushed back another month from may to june so fans had to wait an extra month for him to get the belt and then six days before champions night Suwama was diagnosed with covid he tested positive completely shocking no one expected that Suwama was pulled from a couple of all japan shows because of poor physical health i think every fan had their fingers crossed that it wasn't COVID. Unfortunately, it did turn out to be COVID. He couldn't compete and he vacated the belt. Holy shit. That's, yeah, that is, that is a blow. So he couldn't and even the, win it from Suwama at that point. Suwama's reign was over a year. He defeated everybody. You know, this was Jake's time to show he's better than everybody. He can beat Suwama. He can take the belt off him. And he didn't get that chance. That's just, that's, that's rough. That's, Again, another heartbreak on his already rocky royal road, as you would say. And uh, But he did eventually. And uh, how did that happen? So four days before Champions Night 1, they, the main event was set. So they made Kento versus Yuma versus Jake. Kento and Yuma were actually supposed to defend their tag team belts against a Total Eclipse team of Koji Dui and Kuma Arashi. But that was scrapped. That was set for the next month. They were in the main event now. It's a definitely a huge opportunity, especially for Yuma and Kento, especially Yuma. Huge opportunity for Yuma, especially. Kento's had the belt before. This was Jake's time, but Yuma was just kind of, how do I explain this? I don't want to say Yuma was there, but, you know, nobody thought he was going to win. He, he was, was uh, up and coming. You know, he's mm. he sort of obviously quite valued by all japan because he trains people in the dojo and he's put in positions where they clearly value him and they clearly trust him but never really given that opportunity to take things to the next level for his career so this was huge to see him taking those steps even if we knew he wasn't going to be the one to come out of this with the triple crown Mm. 
So when you look at the stage set, you have this young up and comer sort of hotshot in a little way. It's not exactly expected, but a lot of people are expecting great things from him. And then you have the ace with Kento and Jake is staring that down after missed opportunity after missed opportunity. And this is more or less, I wouldn't say his last chance, but almost his last hope. So there's a, there's definitely a desperation to that at that point. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, this was Jake's moment. This was the perfect moment for him. Like he's already had a shot three times for the Triple Crown Championship. Twice with Kento, he lost. Once with Suji, he lost. But that was when he was younger, less experienced. This was the different Jake. This was the new Jake. The better Jake, if you want to say, you know, this was his time. And he pulled it off. He he did it. I remember I uh, woke up that morning. I think it was like one of the first things I checked just to make sure mm-hmm. I was very stressed about it. <laughs> I think a lot of people were. Yeah, in a match with Kento, you can never be sure that Jake would walk out with a belt, but he did. At the end of the night, he was holding the Triple Crown Championship. He was holding the three original belts that made up the Triple Crown Championship. He was draped in gold, and he was the one everybody was taking photos of. He had everyone's attention. Yeah, I loved that. I loved that they revived those uh, three belts uh, to show off. Uh, it really just gave a really beautiful image and it added something to the match. Uh, Alicia, I know you, uh, you quite like sort of that era. So I'm sure you really enjoyed seeing that as well. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a special, special thing when they allow them to use the, the older belts and to see Jake Lee finally have that moment where he got to stand with the original, um, the original three triple crown belts that make up the the triple crown. Um, It's an incredible moment. It's, you know, he, he deserves it after everything that he's been through um, to get there. And even in the months since, you know, seeing him meet with um, Kawada, which I think blew his mind um, was really, really sweet being him seeing, being able to meet with Kawada. I know he's met with Kobashi um, as well. And seeing him have those moments and that connection to the history and the fabric of all Japan um is so special and I just I think it's great and he's really been leading the way ever since like he's the sole representative of AJPW on the uh 2022 shoe pro directory and I think that says a lot I think as far back as I remember uh from the wrestlers directory it's usually been Kento and Suwama generally both of them but uh you now it's just Jake, and I think that really says a lot. Yeah, it was great to see Jake there, like to him finally being represented, you know, to be around all these other amazing wrestlers. You know, he was on the cover. It is a bit disappointing that he was the only All Japan representative. You know, you'd like to see more of them, but then again, there's so many fantastic wrestlers who would never be on the cover. So in a way, we should be happy he made it. Oh, absolutely. And there are companies who didn't have a representative at all. Uh, and there's, there is that. But uh, hopefully, and I am hoping this, that Jake sort of being that representative and showing sort of, I guess, a new path, a new way forward that isn't simply, all respects to Kento, uh, isn't simply the ace and the aging ace shows that there 
are other people in all Japan and it will open paths. You've got these rivalries brewing, of course, with Kento. It's a huge one and we'll get into it in like just a second here. But you also have uh, Ashino Shotaro and uh, Aoyagi Yuma. They're um, opening up these little rivalries here and there and sort of um, Jake is really opening up the card in a lot of ways. Yeah, I have to agree with you. His rivalry with Kento will go on until the end of time, basically, until their careers are finished. It will always be there. But his new rivalries with Ashino and Yuma, they're fresh, they're new, you know, they're exciting. He's the one who took Ashino's faction. You know, how is Ashino going to get revenge on Jake? Yuma's up and coming. He's so young still. He's triple crown material. He's going to win the belt one day. But now what can he do to show Jake he's serious about it? I love that. Makes me really excited to watch more. <laughs> but uh, going into that and talking about uh, rivalries and things lasting forever and Kento Miyahara, um, you have this recent 60-minute draw that just occurred in uh, All Japan. And I really, it's been a really hot button topic. You also have a 60 minute draw that happened in Noah. So there's been a lot of comparisons, a lot of talking about this draw. And I have to know what you thought about Jake versus Kento. I'll be honest. I was kind of disappointed. I was really hoping this was going to be Jake's moment to actually get the win over Kento, get a 1v1 championship win against him. Obviously, it didn't happen, but then I sat down. I started to think about it. This is another step on Jake's journey, not just to be Kento, but to be the leading man in all Japan. You know, Jake's always lost to Kento in championship matches. He can never come out on top. This was another step. It wasn't the big step that everybody wanted to beat him, but it showed that Jake can actually go the distance with Kento. He still cannot beat him, but at least he can keep up with him. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely see that. Uh, Alicia, I know you also were very uh, invested sort of in this in this uh, draw and this outcome. What do you have to say about it? No, I, you know, I think I feel the same way um, as Jesse. I was um, deeply disappointed when I found out the result. Um, I really wanted this to be Jake's defining win over Kento I felt like we were ready for that um after so many years of this rivalry and Jake not being able to get that distinctive win over him um I was really interested in Jake's reaction to it afterwards and translating some of the things that he said I mean he's treating it as a win um which is really interesting to me just psychologically from the standpoint of where he is as a character in his character um so that actually made my stance I think on the draw soften a little bit um because of the way that he's treating it in his character so that's really interesting to me but um I'm definitely looking forward to the day where Jake Lee can stand tall over Kento um it's it's definitely um needed even though um like Jesse said I mean this is a rivalry they can make money off of and stretch forever as long as these two are wrestling absolutely I can't imagine what it will take at this point for him to stand over him. I'm with you guys. It was a very um, interesting decision, a little confusing, but watching the match and then, like you said, his uh, reactions to it really sort of compel it forward. So I wonder what it is going to take for him to have that true stand tall moment and 
how he's going to react to it. If this is already a win, then what's going to be a quote unquote true win for him, you know? Yeah. I was thinking, I don't know if, if my thinking is correct, but 2022 is all Japan's 50th year. If they want a big moment, this could be Jake's big moment, you know? He can finally win over Kento. So that could be a focal point of next year that Kento's kind of slowing down in his ace status and Jake is taking over. I love that. That's a really good way to sort of prove the future of the company, sort of that proving ground on the 50th anniversary, having Jake stand tall. I would love it, but Kento's a draw. Are they really going to, you know, push the ace to the side? That's what I'm worried about, that Jake will get pushed to the side for Kento. Yeah, that's valid. <laughs> that's extremely <laughs> valid fear. I can't yeah, really I argue there's that. there's precedent for, precedence for that, so super valid. Yeah, now I'm terrified. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Sometimes terror keeps you tuning in a little bit. <laughs> so... And we've talked extensively now about Jake Lee and thank you, Jesse, the the rundown of the history of his career has been so helpful. So thank you. Um, But what does all Japan's future and prospects look like even outside of Jake? I mean, who, who, who needs to be pushed at this point? Um, Is there anyone else that comes to mind as someone that you think is really needing that attention from the booking? I think the junior heavyweights, they kind of get pushed to the side a bit in favor for the heavyweights. Like, if I ask just a random person, who do you know from All Japan? It's going to be Kento. It's going to be Suwama. It might be Jake. But who knows about the junior heavyweights? Koji just recently moved up from junior to open weight now. So the junior weights don't have an ace. They don't have someone really to lead their division. Izanagi's there. He's their champion. He's the junior champion. But he's never really had that leadership position in the division like Koji had so they need someone really to step up do you have someone in mind or someone that you would like to see the thing is like I see a future ace in um Atsuki but he's not there yet if you look at a lot of the juniors they're quite young except for Izanagi he can step up and be that ace they need he can be the leader of the junior division if he's allowed more time if he's allowed to work with the younger people and just elevate the division now that Koji's not there anymore they need someone like Izanagi to step up and take his old position and lead the young juniors yeah and that's actually something that really stood out to me in their junior heavyweight division is how young everybody is and of course I always see that as a really good thing it's good that AJPW has that uh future set for it but you're right there really isn't a clear ace and it's probably hard to build an ace when you know for the most part he's beating young guys so it's definitely probably a challenge to build somebody like that they do have sato who is part of evolution but the thing is he's not signed to all japan he's not going to be at every single show like Izanagi is he's probably at like 90 percent of the shows you know he doesn't miss shows very often but they I think they need someone who's there 100 percent of the time. All Japan does have a lot of freelancers um working for them I'm assuming it's an issue of money and it would be nice to see them get to a point where they're financially stable enough to have 
people under contract full-time, like some of the other um, companies have um, right now. Yeah, at this point, it's definitely a matter of uh, getting major company backing, uh, like Bushiroad, like uh, Cyber Agent, because of this pandemic situation. So you do have a lot of freelancers, but um, on that hand, you can bring in the more experienced people, uh, hopefully, especially as they get more money and more footing, they can bring in that to help build Izanagi or really any ace that they decide to push. But I think that's a really good uh, good angle to think about things from, Jesse. The All Japan roster is actually very small. If you look at it, like who is actually signed and especially, you know, you got Zeus leaving next year. That's like another huge blow to the roster. So yeah, there's a lot up in the air right now, but you do have a lot that they seem to be setting up a lot of future prospects. You've got this partnership with MLW. So what do you think about that? Where do you think that might lead or where do you hope it might lead? I'm excited for it. Honestly, I think this is something that all Japan needed, but at the same time, I am a little bit nervous. I want it to go good, but who really knows what's going to happen in the future? Um, yeah, this is huge. They finally get a foothold in the Western audience and hopefully they can keep it, expand their Western audience, you know, get more fans in, start watching the product. That's what they really need. Yeah, it's a huge opportunity for them. Um, Noah at one point had a pretty successful partnership with MLW. They did send some people over um, and it would be so nice to see like, you know, more people from all Japan come over to America and kind of get their faces out there to an American audience in a way that they don't necessarily have now. And they've sent over already, I believe the, uh, the sumo twins, the trainees, right? Oh, they're going to go over in January. Okay. January. So that is exciting. Huge opportunity for them. Yeah. So they've been wrestling for less than a year. You know, this is a huge opportunity for them. So yeah, can't get any much bigger than this. Absolutely. It'll be nice to see how they develop as they spend more time there and see how their skills develop. It'll be really cool. So yeah, speaking of these collaborations and huge opportunities, you have New Japan also coming into their 50th year along with All Japan. And they have announced a joint show with Pro Wrestling Noah as a part of their three-day Wrestle Kingdom extravaganza, sort of to kick off this 50th anniversary. But New Japan president Takami Obari promised additional collaborations with other companies during this big year for them. So the big question, I think this is a really huge question, is what are your thoughts on a potential collaboration between All Japan and New Japan? Do you have any uh, ideas or, I guess, are you excited for that prospect? Uh, definitely. I mean, just to start off, it's the perfect time for these two companies to collaborate. It's their both 50th anniversary. Like, there's no better time. And you can see online that the love and support Noah got and all the new fans it brought in. I would love if that happened with All Japan as well, if they do end up working with New Japan. Oh, absolutely. It's a huge spotlight, like regardless. And it's it brings in a lot of promise, not only just for the roster, it's a win-win for All Japan, you know, if this should happen. And I don't see why not. Like you said, it's just the perfect time. Um, but it also 
lines up a lot of really cool match possibilities. Do you have any dream matches? Yeah, I do have a lot of dream matches. My first dream match is probably going to rub people the wrong way because I know they want Kento versus Okada, but I would actually love Kento versus Tanahashi. I know Tanahashi's getting up there with his ace status, but he's still called the ace. And that's what Kento is. So an ace versus ace match would be amazing. But then again, if you do want Okada in the mix, I'm fine with next dream, which is Kento and Yuma versus Okada and Tanahashi. They can bring back their tag team that they had a while ago. Oh my God, that would be really cool, actually. I would love to see that. That's such a great suggestion for a tag between all of them. I love that. I know I'm I'm a little foaming at the mouth, just a little <laughs> bit thinking about it. And I know Alicia's uh, big on that uh, Okada Kento sort of um, connection, and that they're both these big, larger than life aces who are kind of also massive goofballs. So there's there's just a lot there. A lot of uh, there's a lot of grandstanding to be had in that match. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah I love that. Did you have any others that you would love to see on the card? Yeah, you know, I feel like I forgot Jake Lee when I was making this list. But, like, Total Eclipse versus Chaos would be great. Really? You know, have Jake Lee versus, and his team versus, I guess, the biggest star in New Japan, Okada, and his team. Like, Chaos has some great wrestlers, and so does Total Eclipse. I think that would be great to see. Jake Lee versus Okada is actually... Um... As much as I am a fan of Okada and, and Kendo being of the same generation of aces, um, there is something so appealing to Jake Lee and Okada right now. The difference in styles and the difference in their their outlook on you know where they are in their companies. It would just be fascinating. It's a really good matchup, actually. They're very long. They're both very tall. <laughs> <laughs> That's my insight on that one. No, I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. And where would you put uh, Yuma? I was, you're such a Yuma fan. With Yuma, I was thinking about it. And, like, I honestly not 100% sure. Like, I think with Kento, it's easy to place him. He versus Ace. Well, Yuma's still, like, his sidekick, you know. Does he go with Ke- where Kento goes? Or does he have his own singles match? Or does he tag with his brother? You know, if we have Okada busy with Jake Lee, we can put Tanahashi with his other tag team partner, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I say a massive Kota Ibushi fan. And um, I think Ibushi and Yuma would be a really fun matchup. Mm-hmm. So that's an idea as well, is that you could have next stream versus golden ace, or you could go easily another direction with Yuma and put him in a singles match. Cause he does have that just huge star charisma, that quality. I was thinking you could put Yuma with his brother and have the brothers take on two LIJ members. I want Atsuki to face the best and Hiromu is the best junior way they have. So if they have Hiromu on one side and say pair Hiromu with like Naito or Sonata or something, I think that'll be fun to have the brothers versus two LIJ members. Definitely see that. I like the idea of El Desperado versus Atsuki as well. Just because uh, El Desperado really likes to bully cute things and Atsuki's <laughs> adorable. <laughs> but uh, he's also a tremendous wrestler. And I do definitely think you're right is that Atsuki needs sort of um, 
to cut his teeth and uh, sort of get that experience with some of the best because I really, I definitely latched on when you mentioned that he is very much a baby ace, very much a future ace that needs to be nurtured. Yeah. And I, I was thinking out as broader. For me, I want someone from Suzuki Gun to face Sato just because Sato was trained by Suzuki. If it's Suzuki, that's fine. If it's Eldest Brother, that's fine because they're both junior heavyweights. But I think that would just be a fun matchup to have someone who's trained by Suzuki face someone who's in Suzuki-gun. It'd be really fun. This is making me realize how excited I actually am for the announcement of this card. I'm I'm sure it'll happen. I think it's a matter of um, when and not if, but there's so many really interesting potential matchups here that are kind of exciting to contemplate. I definitely think it'll probably be the last of the shows um, if they're doing a series of collaboration shows, just because to me, it's the biggest one. It's the one with the most history. So I think uh, Noah being first, AJPW being last just feels right somehow. So we might have a wait, but I definitely, this definitely got me excited for the wait. Yeah, same. So moving away from All Japan for a second, um, what else do you watch, Jesse? Like, what other promotions are you into? Um, who are your favorite wrestlers outside of um, All Japan? What are some matches that you would recommend if you have any? Uh, so I do watch Noah. I started in like 2020. I heard about Goes Rain, and I'm just like, I have to see who this guy is. I have to watch his matches. So basically, any match from Goes Rain, I'd recommend. He is my favorite wrestler. In Noah, he's the one who brought me in, so I do have a special attachment to him. And he's back the recent. Now. I'm so excited he's back. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really great to hear. I'm glad he's bringing people people in, and people are excited for his return. So, the recent matches Noah had, you know, even the 60 minute time uh, limit draw, I thought that was great. It was so much fun to watch. It's just a fun roster, even though the junior weights are chaotic and they move factions every week. It's still so much fun. They've held on to them for a while. I'll have you know. I'm surprised. I'm very surprised. I am too. I am too. Yeah, that's awesome. Are you watching any other promotions, dipping your toe in or pop in just to say hi to anything? I also watch TJPW. I started this year. I thought, there's a show on today. I'm not doing anything. I might as well take a look. And, like, I fell in love with it. The roster is just amazing. Like, I really can't pick a favorite. I love them all. It's just so much fun and so happy. And it's just a joy to watch. I am the exact same way. I think it's the only roster where I just don't have a favorite. I just love all of them. If, you know, almost every single one equally. It's just crazy how much wholesome joy you get out of it that's awesome i'm glad to hear we're kind of this on the same way <laughs> yeah and like the uh wrestle princess show they had a couple months ago was fantastic the main event was amazing i'll suggest watching that that's right awesome. we're still trying to get uh alicia indoctrinated to I watched the- one show and i had a very nice time so i'm gonna keep <laughs> watching what about you alicia do you have a favorite yet um, do I have a favorite? I mean, I really like, I like Miu a lot. She's great. I feel like that's just because I don't know anyone else yet. Yeah. So maybe that'll change, but I do really like her. I like her wrestling a lot. 
yeah, she kicks real hard. So that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's just really fun to watch. Yeah. You have anything uh, else that's interesting you currently outside of AJPW? Um, I watched Dragon Gate here and then. I'm not very up to date on it like I am with Noah or TJP. I watch it when I have time. But yeah, it's it's still an awesome promotion. Like they have amazing factions, amazing wrestlers. You know, the championship matches are always great. It's just yeah, really fun to watch. Apparently they had a big mask versus mask thing that just went down. So it might be a, a good time to jump in. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I saw that everyone was talking about it. Oh, it was so dramatic. I, I don't watch, but it was, yeah, everyone was in chaos. And that's sort of what I see out of Dragon Gate is that uh, there seems to be a lot of chaos going on at all times, but that's definitely not boring. So keeps it keeps it fun. And then, yeah, but apart- listening have a lot of homework to do. They have a lot of All Japan to catch up on. A lot of Noah, TJPW, maybe a little bit of Dragon Gate. So that's what we're recommending today. Absolutely. Got a got a little match playlist for you, more or less. If you listen and anything interested you, uh, if you want to contact us, we'll put the contact information in our uh, post in our um, send off. But for the most part, thank you so so much, Jesse. No, thank you so much for having me. This was so exciting. It was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, yes. it was really great. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Thank you so much, Jesse. We appreciate this so much and all of your time. We're really grateful that you wanted to do this and we wanted to highlight the incredible work that you do um, bringing All Japan to an English-speaking audience. It's important you create such um, an incredible community in the work that you do because you make All Japan accessible and you are so approachable and you make people feel really good about getting into All Japan. So thank you for this and thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for listening and supporting Kickout 299. Yeah, absolutely. I know that I had a blast talking to Jesse. I know that you did too. And I know that we both really want Jesse back on the show to talk All Japan again with us. There are so many things that we'd love to talk about. Even after recording that episode, so much stuff had happened. We've got the ending of Real World Tag League. We've got a lot of really interesting things that I would absolutely love to ask Jesse about. And if you guys, the listeners, also want to find Jesse and see what she is up to, you can find her at Royal Road 72 on Twitter. That is a wonderful Twitter full of All Japan updates, news, information, anything you can want, you can find it there. I know we talked about it on the podcast, but really I cannot recommend it enough. Please give it a follow. You can also find her at Sister Jessie on Twitter. That's Sister J-E-S-S-I-E-E. And then you can also find her wonderful All Japan show reviews at Gate, also on Twitter. Don't forget to follow us at kickout299 on Twitter as well. You can follow Rachel at Mickey Star, M-I-I-K-Y Star. You can also follow me at Sharanui Kai. It's with two I's. 
We also have our blog, kickout299.wordpress.com. And please send us an email at kickout at 299 at gmail.com. That's A-T in there. Um, you can submit us questions and feedback. Uh, we would love to hear from you. We might be able to read it out on the podcast in the next episode. So please feel free to submit us anything you'd like, questions, feedback. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. And we're always looking for new blog posts, really anything for our zine at kickout299.wordpress.com. So if you have any ideas or anything for that, you can also contact us. Again, our Gmail is kickoutat299 at gmail.com. And please keep an eye on this podcast as well. We have a lot of really fun episodes planned. We've got an episode coming out on I Am Noah. We also have an episode planned on the IWGP US heavyweight title. So if you're a fan of New Japan, you're definitely going to want to check that out. We also have an episode on factions in the works. I'm really excited to be doing research on that one. So you're going to want to keep an eye on Kickout 299. And remember, that is the time that you waste that makes it valuable. Thank you so much.